Between You and Me, the podcast for fabulous but possibly frazzled women who want to take charge of their lives. Co-hosted by Galway journalist and NLP coach Maria McHale and Dublin journalist and the midlife coach Alana Kirk. Because let's face it, between you and me, we'd all love to be able to press pause once in a while. We really hope you enjoy this journey with us as we look at some of the issues that face women uh, today and more importantly, some of the ways that we can really, really get the best out of our lives. And I think the main thing about this podcast is that Alana and I have both been living our wild and rebellious lives and turned into kind of midlife teenagers, I think, at this stage. And I like we- to call it middle lessons. <laughs> yeah. And we've realised that there's a whole host of um, a, a secret gang of women out there who feel the same as us about life and living our best life. And this podcast is aimed at you. So, Maria, how did you get to where you are today? <laughs> the fabulous <laughs> woman that you are. <laughs> It was a very long and slow and tortuous journey at times. But um, I think like most people, I did the, you know, marriage, kids, career. And um, it was all fabulous, actually, and got to kind of 39, 40. And my dad died. The recession was on in Ireland. And I had to kind of, it was probably a midlife crisis. Um, although at the time, it didn't, I didn't recognise it as such. But I just developed massive anxiety which kind of triggered this whole kind of look at myself and what I was doing and the way I thought about things and um, where I was going. And I suppose um, it probably also was the best thing that ever happened to me. I can say that now. At the time, it was absolutely awful. And I'd say there were three years where I just felt like I was in this big hole and couldn't get out. And I just remember feeling like I was looking back on the person I used to be and really wishing I could be that confident, happy person again. And I just couldn't seem to you know, get all the tools back and I then... Really we're also facing that horrible thing that a lot of us are facing, which is we're ageing beautifully, but in an age of anti-ageing propaganda. Oh, for sure. And I think, yeah, you're just not sure what what's it all about and where you're going. And you've worked so hard to get to the that point, whatever that point is. And then you get there and you're like, oh... Is this it? Is this where I'm going? Yeah, I think that's the bad news about this age. Um, you know, the bad news is we're ageing and anti-ageing. The other bad news is that we kind of followed some really well-trodden signposts. Mm. You and me both. We did the education. We did the maybe we did a bit of travelling. We got the partner. We got the kids. We got the mortgage. We thought, hurrah, we should be arriving. Where's my welcome cocktail? <laughs> um, but unfortunately, we arrived and, you know, the room was too small and it overlooked the bin area. And we thought, really, all this work and all this effort? And is is this it? Mm. And I think it's just something that happens. I think you kind of get to, you're so focused on getting to the point And we're all told, um, you know, and I think there's a there's so many themes we could go into in this podcast, but you know that which thing we of, will, which we will, <laughs> being the good girl. You know, if you work hard and if you do well and if you look after everyone and be a good mom, a good yeah. partner, good at your career, it'll all be just fabulous. And then a lot of the times, women get to a certain age or you know hit a brick wall because they burn out or whatever, and they look around themselves at the carnage, you know, that they're sitting in and go, "This isn't what I signed up for." So, what turned you around? Well, I think I had a couple of people who I could talk to. And I remember, you know, one of them, I remember at the time thinking, 
I don't really, I'm fine. I should be able to do this. I should, you know, yeah, I, that, that cop curse onto yourself. Of women yeah, that, yeah. You know, we just have to, you know, sort yourself carry out. Carry it on yeah, and put ourselves last because we've got all the other jobs to do. And I did, really. I mean, I literally was like, cop yourself on for about a year. I just kind of carried on pretending everything was fine and I didn't talk to anybody, actually. So, no, and... To be honest, for a large part of my crisis, it was only afterwards that even some of my closest friends knew what was going on because I yeah. felt like it was such a failure to admit that, um, A, I wasn't happy, it wasn't working, um, I was anxious. It was all like pear-shaped and I couldn't possibly fail, you know, yeah. because I'd worked so bloody hard. Shouldn't what I be What I call okay? the curse of perfectionism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely be having at least one podcast and, on that alone. And I think we're both recovering perfectionists for sure. And yeah, that perfectionism thing of just not being able to admit that yeah. actually it wasn't working. So I ended up first going to counselling and then I actually did some NLP and that just led me to, I was so blown away by just the whole... And tell me about NLP. What is that? Well, it's neuro linguistic programming it's called it's basically essentially a that sounds like um, sounds, yeah, things being put yeah, into your brain it's, <laughs> it's an awful description for what it actually is but it's really a set of tools um, that teach you how your mind works and how your thoughts work and how your emotions work and the effects they have on you and your behaviour so that you're often you know carrying out patterns you're carrying around beliefs and they're kind of working on um, how you do things and how yeah. you live your life. And yeah. so you half the time you're, you're subconsciously yeah. doing these patterns. As I say it, when, when we're living that way, when we're living on our unconscious on autopilot, our child is flying the plane. And who yes. would ever get into a plane with a child flying it? Yeah, a lot of us are flying our plane because we're living on autopilot and Absolutely. all of the beliefs and the things that we put in place as children or growing up are actually... Running the show. Running the show. Yeah. And I mean, you now coach women and I do as well. And I think your story is not unusual. And, you know, it, it's, it's we see a lot of women. My story isn't that dissimilar in that um, I was following all the road paths. I thought everything was great. Tick, 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 tick. Um, and then, you know, uh, for some, I guess, midlife creeps up in them and for others it, it, you know, comes knocking on the door. Um, I had already been in the middle of my sort of what I call the sandwich years because my mum had had a stroke yes. uh, four days after my third baby was born. So I spent that next year, you know, spoon feeding them both and changing their nappies. And so many of my friends are in this boat now where they're caring for their children. They're also caring for parents. And that extra level of stress is overwhelming. So I was already at my kind of limit. Yes. <clears throat> and then my marriage ended. So by the age of 45, and then my mother died. Uh, I'd lost the family I came from, the family I'd formed, and I realised I was beginning to, you know, lose the elasticity of my skin and I was beginning to feel very careless and realised that suddenly I was mid-aged. And what really pissed me off about that was that, A, I still felt 28 in my head. Yeah. You know, I'm, I looked in the mirror and suddenly went, sorry, what? I, <laughs> I No, actually, sorry. I am 20. Sorry, what? Partly because the previous 10 years had literally been lived in autopilot. Um, because they'd been so stressful and so overwhelming, I hadn't woken up. And I literally looked in the mirror and thought, how did I get to this age? Um, but what was more annoying was I thought, well, okay, I am mid-age, let's accept that. But I in no way identify with this old, stale stereotype of a desexualized, devalued hag who kind of retreats into the background to knit once her breeding years are ending. I felt that... Actually, once I got over the grief of, of 
you know, losing mm. my marriage and my mom and, and I pulled myself together, which is another story. And part of what I believe I can give now when mm. I coach women is going through that. I genuinely believe this is the best time of my life. Um, and so many of the women I meet and see around me, and I know you do too, see this as a completely redefining time for women like us. Absolutely. And I was just going to ask you there, when you were in the middle of your crisis and you lost everything and you were in the grief and coming out of the grief, what was it that made it better for you at the time? Or was there one thing? I think that I, oh, a shock actually happened mm. to me. I, uh, we always used to video stuff and the kids like to look at the videos. And uh one day I was just happened to be walking past and my daughter was looking at a video on, on the on the um, computer screen and I saw myself, but there was a baby on the floor and I couldn't understand. I, I walked past and thought, mm, what was that? And I walked back and I said, who's the baby? And it was Ruby, uh, who had been born just before my mum had her stroke. And it, what was really shocking to me was there was me, fully dressed, fully functioning, with an impressive cake that I'd done of <laughs> a castle and Rapunzel coming out the top of it. Cause You're a super I, My... My memory of that time was me living under my duvet in a dark hole. And that night, I was so frightened by what I'd seen. I went down and I flicked through all the videos of the two years. I don't remember half of the occasions that I saw yes. on those photographs or videos because I had put on a front. Yes. I was absolutely crumbling inside. But I'd done what women do. You were keeping you up put appearances. put on the face <laughs> because that's what we have to do. And I mean, I went on to write a book called The Sandwich Years because I really pulled myself up by the bootstraps because I understand that between parent care and child care, the first priority mm. is self-care. And I know that's thrown around a lot. There's memes everywhere. Oh, like yeah. every, and, and it's all great that positive stuff is coming into the fore. But a lot of it is becoming very superficial. So really, I think what we want to do in this podcast mm. is really go deep and Absolutely. really in a good way. Because look, we are women like all the women that we mm. meet out there. We have lives. We have messy days. Did I or did I not? <laughs> message you on Monday and say, Maria, why are there some days I think I can rule the world and other days I don't know what the fuck I'm doing? <laughs> and I think that the joy of this, I suppose, for me is actually now we've evolved enough to be able to admit, God almighty, some days are absolutely like somebody just put me in a box and hide me away. <laughs> and other days, you know, I think I could on take on Donald Trump yeah. and run for president of the United States. And I think one of the things... Um, that this is because we are working on two fronts. The bad news about being at this age is it's it's all about youth and beauty and all mm. this shite. Um, we're also, this is a time of huge overwhelm in our lives. We tend to be either very busy in our careers and or looking after family, possibly looking after parents, you know, in relationships that are either need sustaining, need an injection of uh, energy or we're single again. It's a hugely overwhelming time. There's also loads of change going on. So there's all of that. But we're also in this incredible opportunity because we have this extra 20 years of life that no other generation have had before us. And it's in the middle of our lives, not the end. We have opportunities. Things are not perfect. Um, but, you know, men have discovered the washing machine. Uh, women mm -hmm. can have a career and family, even though it's still very hard. We have opportunities and financial independence that we never, ever had before. But... Many of us actually don't know how to use this gift. Absolutely. And I think it's funny today. I was, I've was i just been here looking at my phone because I Holly McNish is a 
post. Yeah, I thought you were just starting to look up yeah. Facebook while we're <laughs> having a chat. Sorry, Alana, you're bo- social you're media bo- at its worst. <laughs> you're boring me on the podcast. But I, I actually picked up this Holly McNish poem today. I was just, I love snip, you know, snippets of poetry yeah. now and again. And and she was talking about there's only so long we've got, you know, yeah. and and just that. And I just loved the last line of it, which was, you know, I'm going to f- keep filling up. Um, this basket of body with as much of this life as I can get. And I just love, I just sums up everything about, I think, us and the way we can live our lives now. I think a lot of the time, you know, women have spent so long looking after everyone else to get to this point, even in their career. You know, you can actually say, oh my God, I'm, I've done so much work and I've achieve so much but they haven't actually done much for themselves and like you're saying with the self-care what does that actually mean to us nowadays and often it's just taking time because we maybe don't even know ourselves anymore and I think what's really damaging a little bit is this idea that self-care is a nice bubble bath at the end Mm. of the day that's I mean yeah that's lovely and a glass of wine super and you know maybe do a yoga class great all of those things are super but what I talk about in self-care is actually really taking the time and investment to develop self-knowledge and to understand why you tick, how you tick, and if you need to change any of your patterns. But talking of, um, oh, you aren't the only one who can bring poetry to the podcast. (laughs) You're going to one-up me now. (laughs) Except I don't have the actual thing in front of me. I just, I have this beside me and I love it. And I think it's Diane Ackerman. And I haven't got the whole poem. I just love the end of it. She said, "Uh, I don't want to just live the length of my life. I want to live the width of it. And I love that because I think that's something that we all get really dragged into. We're so focused on the future. If only when Mm. I have, when I do, if I just get lose that way, if I just get a bit more busy, if I can just be a better mum, better daughter, better sister, lover, mother, whatever, we'll be happy. We'll arrive Mm. at this destination happy. And we spend so much of our time focusing on ticking the boxes, we forget to actually go... Where am I and how am I today? And to me, self-care and what I hope we're going to talk about in this podcast over the next months is that self-care is about real investment in self-knowledge and real self-improvement and self-growth. Our goal in life is absolutely not happiness or perfection. Our goal in life is growth. Absolutely. And I think that's the bit where we I'll just both put the soapbox away now, will I? <laughs> you can stand down. I'll stand down. Um, I think that's the bit that because of life and things that were thrown at us, we kind of got smacked in the face and had to kind of face up to and look around us and go, oh, my God, what, what do we do now? So we've actually taken this journey. And I know certainly we both work with a lot of women and I certainly coach a lot of uh, men and women who are lost. Yeah. They, they've reached, you know, they've got yeah. taken the path that was they were supposed to take, inverted commas. You know, they've done what everyone said they should do. And often, you know, you get to the point where, um, you know, certainly for me now, my youngest children are teenagers now where I have a lot of freedom and time again. And, well, A, I'm loving it. But, um, <laughs> B, Says the two women <laughs> who are leaving my children alone tonight. <laughs> to go we're going out. We're going out. Um, but the I think it's that thing of, oh, you know, choosing instead of it feeling like a loss that you are suddenly have this vacuum of time. I've actually because I've developed these skills, I am literally embracing yeah. it. And that's what I mean about the being a bit wild, because I feel like, you know, often I'm saying I'm doing X, Y or Z and people are like, oh, look at you. And I'm thinking, no, you should come along with yeah. me and do it. And I think we get sucked into this. We're all in these ruts and we have yeah. to do things. 
one of the biggest issues I see with the women that I coach is guilt. Mm. Um, guilt that they aren't doing enough. Um, I, I literally had a, a phone call the other day with someone and she just, it was funny because it was sort of our introductory phone call and she just, it was like, I, I, I laughed with her and I explained to her why I was smiling because it was like she just poured herself down the phone. She couldn't get the words out quick enough. She's looking after her father, she's looking after her mother, looking after her children. And I said, okay. I'd love you just to stop for a second, take a deep breath. And uh, I, I was laughing. But it is true in the sense that we just sometimes live the life we think we're supposed to live. Mm. And uh, that if only life. But if we, and you know, I, I do very much talk about being a recover, recovering perfectionist because when I stopped using all of that energy, trying to be some version of myself that somebody else thought I should be or probably wasn't even trying to maybe I a version of mm. myself that I thought I should be and there's the killer word that as coaches should. we always look out for mm. should all that energy suddenly was available for me to focus on who I actually am and that is what I talk about in terms of self-care I love what you said there about that freedom and time because obviously my marriage ended four years ago um, and I have a nine-year-old a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old girl girls so it is the horror house of hormones. Uh, no wonder he left. Um, and um, at first, the you know, I never signed up to parenting to have my children, what I considered at the time, taken away from me mm. every other weekend. And obviously, it's very important they spend time with their father. But uh, th th those, that first year was very, very challenging because I had to get used to suddenly this vacuum of time. Now, it is time that I absolutely believe I deserve because I single parent the rest mm. of the time and I need it sometimes to actually just re-energize and reboot. And for and sometimes, you know, it's it's six of one and a half of the other. I look at some of my friends and they have the happy Friday nights where they're just sitting in front of the Netflix um chilling and probably not in the <laughs> in the new way that that's meant to be. <laughs> they are actually chilling and watching Netflix. Um and they have that family time and you know, for me certainly it's bank holiday weekends which are difficult because mm. the kids are always with their dad and all my friends are with their family. But then the upside is I have freedom that none of my married girlfriends have mm -hmm. because I get to go on a yoga retreat in Greece for a week. I get to go out with my friends at night and weekend. I get to spend a Sunday in bed sometimes if I so choose to read a book. And what I have to try and do with some of the women I coach who are married is to say, you deserve that time within a relationship as well. Yes. And I think... I know I fell into the huge trap as a woman and as, you know, when I was growing up to, you know, be this perfect person or this perfect version of myself. And I definitely had no idea that I didn't have to be the best at everything and succeed at everything and, you know, be number one at everything and be the perfect mother with the perfect kids. And so, yeah, when, when I now then, you know, I suppose had that spare time and I looked around, I, I had done enough work on myself where I could go, actually, mm -hmm. this is really nice. And I had got rid of the word should from my yep. vocabulary. Yep. And first, first of rule of, of coaching <laughs> yeah. is identify and shoot the word yes. should. <laughs> and should. And I think, you know, a lot of women 
have you know and I think in Ireland as well this whole Irish mammy thing of guilt and shame even that you're not you know ironing every item of clothing in your house including the cat or you're not like I have never been um, that into the whole kind of domestic life I'd rather you know just be off gallivanting well you want to talk about shame (laughs) my we went I took my kids to visit a friend of mine and she was ironing and my daughter said what my youngest now she was about five at the time and she said what's that I said it's an ironing board (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, no, we are twins, <laughs> so we we feel the same way about ironing. But yeah, but I, my father was very angry at me. I remember being at sixteen, and uh, my mum was ironing some shirts, or whatever. And she said, "Come over here, and I'll show you how to iron shirts." And I, of course, being a sixteen-year-old defiant, <laughs> nasty teenager, which is now coming back to bite me, <laughs> uh, now that I'm the mother of one. Not that she's nasty; she's lovely, <laughs> but she's a teenager. And uh, my mum said, "Come over here, and I'll show you how to iron a shirt." And I said, "Why would I want to know that?" Mm. And she said. Well, because you'll have a family and you'll be ironing shirts. And I said, no, well, if I have a family, they'll iron their own shirts. Um, and my dad went belisting. This is a man of the 70s and 80s, yeah. and, you know, of an era. I don't blame him now. But uh, at the time, he was furious that I would have this opinion that I wouldn't iron some man's shirts. Uh, oh, no. As if, you know, that was my role in life. Going against the grain. Yeah. But um, but so many women have that guilt thing. And I think what's really, what we want to really try and do in this podcast in the months ahead, because we have so many options and things you want to talk about. We want to talk about sleep, sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. especially at this time of life. It's, it's quite common. Anxiety. We want to talk about self-love, self-love, self-love. <laughs> we want to talk about, you mentioned the curse of the good girl. We want to talk about perfectionism. We want to talk about overwhelm. We want to talk about how do you age in an age of anti-aging, mm-hmm. money, sex, yep. relationships, parenting, parent care, failure. There is no such thing. <laughs> um being stuck in a rut. So many women are at that stage, I think. I mean, the, the evidence is that although the term came out in 1964 of a midlife crisis, there is actually no evidence that w- people, men or women, go through a crisis at yes. this age. They do go through a dip, though. Yeah. Um, and I think that dip is quite evolutionary. Apparently, uh, apes do it as well. There's an, evolution, yeah, there's an evolutionary reason, and it's because our expectations of life hit reality. Yes, and at midage you suddenly go, oh shit, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and but it's a positive thing because if you do it well and you take the time to pause, reassess, revalue, and that's what we're all about, really. Yes. It's about that little time to go, okay, here's where I'm at now. What actually is important to me? What really are my values? How do I actually really want to live the next twenty, thirty years of my life as vibrantly, as consciously, as fantastically as possible? And my mission in life, as is yours, is to make sure women do stop and take that pause. Absolutely. And I think one of the things we do is uh, we don't give ourselves the time to stop, number one. But also when we're forced to stop, sometimes it's such a shock to our system. We end up in the crisis like I did because we literally can't deal with the stop and the stop sign and where it's going to take us. And there's huge fear around the unknown. And I think, you know, one of my big things uh, that if I could just tell everybody in the world how much our subconscious mind and how much our thoughts affect us and what we do and what we think we can do and actually there really is it's it's a cliche to say oh there's nothing you can't do but actually this is the time where a lot of people realize first they crash 
And then they actually rebuild, rebuild and yeah. realise actually there is nothing you can't do. Yeah. And you can, you know, we now because have Because it's all in our thoughts. It totally is. It's and we have, you know, fabulous, you see, you know, 80-year-olds doing triathlons and, mm. um, you know, people, 75-year-olds going back to college yeah, to that do won't degrees. Be me. That won't, <laughs> maybe no, the second. Or me. <laughs> I'm not taking uh, up We'll triathlon. definitely be doing a podcast on food and weight and exercise yeah. and body image because those are hugely important things for women, especially at this age. But, um... You know, we call this podcast Between You and Me yes. because uh, these are conversations between you and me that we've had for a long time. It's conversations that we have with other women. And we want this to be really, really inclusive thing because I think between you and me, women really need to understand that this is our time. And we could equally have called this podcast the pause podcast <laughs> yes. because the word is so important, not just for what we said there about taking just taking a bit of a pause in life. And we don't mean to stop. Look, see Monday, I was in the kind of mood where I just thought, you know what, I'd love a pause button so to pause all the people and things in my life so I could just catch up. I I sometimes feel I'm always three steps behind. And if I could just press pause on everybody else, catch myself up, get a night's sleep, (laughs) then and press play again, I'd be up and I'd have caught up. So there's that kind of pause. There's the real investment in ourselves to pause and take stock of where we're at. We've done the running around. We need to just stop and go, are the values that supported me in the last 10, 20 years still supporting me or will they support me going forward? All that kind of stuff. But the most important pause that introduced into my life was the thought pause. Mm. And that is the idea that something happens like you get a text from your ex (laughs) or the tax bill comes in or somebody just pisses you off or winds you up. Without the pause, your unconscious mind reacts. Bam. And it's all your beliefs, it's all your behaviours, it's all your old stuff from your child. Bam. If you insert a quick pause, then it's your consciousness that responds. So you get to respond instead of react. So the best thing that's ever happened to me, you asked me what changed, The trigger was really seeing how far I'd gone. The best thing that ever happened to me was learning how to manage my thoughts. And the way I describe it to my children, because I have three kids, it can be super hysterical in our house. (laughs) I had to do a poster one day where we had to write down all the feelings and say, we've all had these feelings all day, all of us. Like there's like 56 feelings and we've all experienced them today. So, you know, so the way I describe it to them is you are the sky. Mm. And your thoughts and feelings are the clouds. And the clouds come and go and they sometimes they're dark and heavy and sometimes they're light and wispy and sometimes the sky is clear, whatever. All those feelings and thoughts, they're real, they're valid, but they come and they go. You are always the sky. And it's just that ability to understand that you're slightly that. separate. Yes. You're slightly separate from the chaos that's going on in your head. <laughs> yeah. And I think also just to, we're probably going to finish up now, but also just to end this, um, I think also just because you've conquered these thoughts, um, you know, I would 100% agree that, you know, you can wake up on a Tuesday and have one of those days, those days where you think, what the fuck is going on? But actually, no one ever gets their shit together. There is no perfect day. And I think that's also another thing. We don't arrive and get the welcome cocktail. (laughs) Although we try our best to order it in advance, you know, but I think the thing is... Just drink it on the way. (laughs) That's my idea. In your handbag. Um, Oh, you saw that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's one of my biggest messages. And, And also just for myself that, you know, so 
we can't have seven good days in a week that yeah. ev- we wouldn't appreciate the or seven we, good moments in a in, in a, a day. day. Yeah. yeah, and I think that thing <clears throat> nobody ever gets their shit together completely because life is always kind of flinging things our way. And I suppose the point of this is that you've developed a few skills and again having the ability to pause yeah. where you go, okay, the shit has hit the fan. Now what do I do? And just work out what to do rather than creasing in a huge heap. And hopefully that is what this podcast is going to be about going forward. So if you are interested in learning how to, you know, well, find a, certainly find a tribe. Mm. Stop that bit. <laughs> so hopefully what we want this podcast to do, uh, and we'd love you to subscribe, uh, because over the next few weeks and months, we are going to talk not only about all the issues that face women today, some of the things we've discussed now, but also really importantly, those tricks, they're not tricks, those tools and ideas and methods and you hit the nail on the head. I actually was journaling the other day and I wrote this that um, I call it thought work. People would call it maybe mindful of different mm. things. It's an ongoing active program. It's, yes. You don't just, just like you don't arrive someday and your life is sorted, you don't just get your shit together in your head and go, oh yeah, no, I can handle everything now. Mm. So it's always an ongoing thing. You always have to go, oh, I've just caught myself flowing. I like to say, no, I, I want to avoid the drama and just go for the adventure. Brilliant. And it's really, really easy to let the drama pull you in. And instead of stopping going, ah, OK, uh, that's not ideal. But hang on, let me have to think about how I'm going to deal with that, as opposed to just going headlong into the drama. And sometimes we love the drama. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we love just screaming our heads off and calling everybody an asshole. And, you know, but actually it doesn't serve us. So... To me, my life has got to now be about avoiding drama and absolutely going for adventure. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's just reminded me of this idea. You know, we all have, you know, these different versions of ourselves, you know, the martyr, the superwoman, um, the cleaner, the moaner, <laughs> the, <laughs> the victim, the victim. And, you know, they oh, can, and the heroine. Yeah, of course, you know, the and the sex in our, beast. in our dreams. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's acknowledging that they're all they all have their place, I suppose. Yeah. You know, some days you just want to moan. Some days you are absolutely superwoman could take on the world and that all of those versions of yourself are okay and they've come along with you for this journey and you know it's basically you're in charge and you can choose and you can decide how to live and I love that actually because that just goes back to that piece about self-care to me it's self-knowledge and self-knowledge is about understanding all the parts of you even the bits you might not like yeah you know and uh, that's been a huge thing for me over the last two or three years is learning to embrace the you know the annoying Alana and the <laughs> yes. you know uh, you know uh, what's you know frustrated and impatient Alana oh, yeah. and all of those Alanas because there's a lovely person in the midst of that who's just a bit frustrated and needs a bit of love um, so it is really that self-knowledge piece is so important. And when I coach women, the first thing we do is always comes from a place of positivity. We look at what are your values? What's driving you? And sometimes people don't think about this and they look at me blankly. Like we work through a process mm. to help them discover them. But the most loveliest part, I think, sometimes of the early coaching is looking at people's strengths. Absolutely. And there's two or three different ways you can do this. But when someone is armed with a list of their strengths that they really understand and believe in, it's like suddenly having an armory pack in your back. Absolutely. And so hopefully what we want to do over the next, uh, through this podcast, is talk about some of the issues that really do affect women. And 
you know, we're not being anti-men here or we're not excluding men. But the whole point of this podcast is that we just don't think there is enough space for conversation for and about women. And that's why we did this, because we want to be able to talk about, you know, sex yeah. at 45. We want to talk about being stuck in rat or food or all the different things that we want to talk about um, in a really safe space. And that's why, you know, we, it's not being talked about out there anywhere near enough. Women's issues are still seem sometimes a little bit, you know, oh, well, you know, not yeah. really important. They're fucking important because they affect half the population and they affect the half population that actually cares for the whole population. Absolutely. So we are super important. Our issues are super important and we want to damn well talk about them. <laughs> and between you and me, we are actually going to talk about them But we're also <laughs> going to really hopefully um, put some serious uh, tools and techniques in place as well to help uh, you, the listener, to uh, get your shit together. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so if you like this podcast, we would love you to subscribe. We would love you to share uh, and tell all your friends uh, about it because we genuinely believe that there needs to be a much broader, wider conversation about and for women. We have lots to talk about. We'd love to hear your views. So please subscribe. All the details are below this link. You can get in touch uh, with ideas and questions and subscribe and share. Thank you so much. And between you and me, we'll see you next time. See you next time. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.